Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fumbling Around. Your host, Tom Steinman, a.k.a. Steiner. I'll say it again, in case you haven't heard. Uh, listen to the other episodes. This is uh, episode number three. And tonight, or today, depending when you're listening to it, we have from 78%, not 78 degrees, Chet Putek. <laughs> They're not a boy band, half of the 98 degrees. But 78% welcome, we welcome you, Eric Pandelmix. Hello. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to get you on for about two weeks now. <laughs> I know. It's been a been a rough ride, so. It's all right. Uh <laughs> I know Eric through many things. One, we went to high school together. Uh, another is we are in a very, very serious fantasy baseball league together. I don't even know if you want to classify it as a fantasy league anymore at this point. This is like a almost like a cult following. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very serious. Um, I've seen relationships kind of go on the hinges of like 10 years of being best friends to like, uh-oh, we're not talking for a little bit. <laughs> a few times. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. A few times. I've actually, I forget about this. Uh, if Alan Schroeder ever listens to this, <laughs> he was in the league one time. That's crazy. And when he got kicked out, uh, I haven't seen him since. He got married and then I have never seen him since. That was like nine years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this league in itself could have its own reality TV show. It's uh just with all the nonsense that goes on every single year, like even in the off season, there's always some something that's going on. Yes, yes. The email threads are interesting. I sometimes go back and reread things, what people say, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun sometimes because you forget and then you get to relive relive those moments. And you mean you get to reread the email responses that are have over a hundred responses? Yes, hundred <laughs> replies. <laughs> no other time have men these men especially have that many emails and written emails. <laughs> Except for this league. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's very serious. <laughs> you will hear more about this league throughout. Uh, it's a keeper league, and we play for like a lot of money. Like It's like real baseball in effect that we have a soft luxury tax. So really, you can pay anything you want. Um, but after $500, you get taxed quite a bit and stuff like that. So we have teams that range from like spending $300 to $1,800 teams and stuff like that. And for me, it is the closest thing to owning my own professional baseball team exactly. that I'll ever come to. Like yes. it's it's crazy. That was my that's my dream, right? Like it's yeah. like yeah, own a professional team and like man, like try to get all these right pieces together and yeah, uh, yeah. It's a way for us men to like compete without you know we're all in our thirties now and stuff, so we're not gonna like put our old bodies through hell. Speaking, I try to get Bob uh, Bob Feynman on today too who's also from the league. We had a, a draft yesterday. Bob's a two-time Purple Heart winner, so he's always a great guy to, to be around. Yeah, and he's also a three-time league champion, he's a, so yeah, he yeah. has a ton of bragging rights. Yes, I am also a three-time yeah. league champion. Yeah, and two that's... years ago, I lost to Bob in the finals. I should be four. That is an impressive streak. Yeah, so uh, I really enjoyed this league. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's, done, it's been nice to me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Bob is complaining cause he has back pains. Um, so he couldn't make it. Yeah. Well, I, I would say something here, but there might be children listening. So <laughs> I hope there are plenty of children. That's, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> awesome. If there's a bunch of children listening to oh our God. podcast. <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk about a lot of things today. Uh, we'll get to more fantasy stuff and more baseball stuff later, but I just kind of want to go over, um, the state of Detroit sports. 
You said it, brother. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's been a long time since like all of our sports have been this bad. I think it's been over 10 years since our last playoff win in any of the four major sports. No way. I think so. Oh, my God. It's We are in a dump right now. Just Pistons are terrible. Tigers are rebuilding. Red Wings are rebuilding. Lions are always terrible. Lions hurt my heart. They really do. I'm so sick of this team. Like I, I want Matthew Stafford gone. I wanted him gone years ago, to be honest. What drives me nuts, though, is that they don't even... It's like they're not even trying to get better. Is it an organization? Does it start with the top? It's is, Yes, absolutely. This, will, this organization will be like this until the Ford sell, which probably will never happen, which tears me down even more. Uh, I follow a lot of like athletes on Twitter, and I've seen Kyle Vinoy, uh, former Lions, now Super Bowl winner. Pretty much laughing in our faces. Yeah. Uh, how does that happen? He just goes from being a nobody to, like again, how to... Super Bowl winning team. And then also, I follow Eric Ebron. <laughs> oh, man. Both, uh, yeah, both of them guys just do not like Detroit. <laughs> and rightfully so, man. Every time I do see Ebron, uh, even like put something on, uh, like, because he's a pro bowler and stuff like that, all you see are people commenting hate, like, oh, how could he, how come you couldn't do that in Detroit? Or like, oh, you dropped that. And I was talking about all the drop passes or doing like the gifs, uh, gifs of them, dropping passes. I'll tell you why, because he has a Garbage quarterback throwing passes to him. And Andrew Luck knows how to make the most out of his, you know, receivers, his tight ends, his wide receivers. Matt Stafford cannot do the same things that Andrew Luck can do. And that's why Eric Ebron had a career year last year. I do feel like, man, Matt, Matt Stafford has been a story. Like, he's number one pick. Well, I'm glad Detroiters, I don't know if people remember this, though. We didn't want Matt Stafford. Do you remember who we wanted over Matt Stafford with the number one pick? No, I don't. It was uh, was it Vanderbilt linebacker Aaron Curry. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so if yeah, we that worked out real well. Yeah, he, he didn't do anything. <laughs> so I don't think it was the, the, the wrong pick. Do you think, though, if Matt Stafford went somewhere else besides the line, could we be talking about a different type of franchise quarterback? Absolutely. Right? Did, like, <laughs> it, did we, like... So the my the thing is Matt Stafford is he's not a terrible quarterback like he has been a solid quarterback for the last ten years in Detroit but I th- I just think it, his time has come and it's time to move on and go somewhere else yeah I mean you're not going to win anything here it's we need a fresh start both both parties need a fresh start and that sometimes that happens that that's needed yes for both both people just to go all right cut our separate go our separate ways cut our ties. Let's move on, and um, and both people can still succeed after that. Exactly. You know, like the place has got to be the right place for that person. Yep. Um, I Stafford. If it was up to me, the Lions would draft a quarterback in this draft, and then sit him for a year, do the exact same thing the Kansas City Chiefs did with Pat Mahomes, and then you know let Stafford go his ways next year, and then start the start the new guy. So this is the last year on his deal. No, he's still got more years uh, on his deal, but he'll be easier to move this offseason okay. in 2020. Okay. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, the thing about the NFL, it is the quickest to like go from top or from bottom to top. Yes, that's very true. Through the draft a lot of times even. Um, I th- really, in any sport right now, it's a young man's game. Uh, guys are coming up better, quicker, faster, stronger. Talking about Eric Ebron, he was watching the Columbine, and he was like, holy crap, man, I got to put the honey buds away because these guys are all coming up running 4-3, 4-4, 4-5. Yeah, 
these guys are freaks of nature. I don't know if you saw DK Metcalf. He oh, just my ran. gosh. Yeah. Wow. He did 27 reps on the bench press, and he ran like a 4-3-40. Yeah. And he's going to be catching passes from some lucky team in the – yeah, in the league. Yeah, uh, one point like five like percent body fat. Like I've never even seen them put that on like the stats. We're like, is that, <laughs> yeah, is that even real? Like, are you a human being or just a machine? I, I don't know. Uh, but this is what we're dealing with, and I, it's a new era of sports. These are the best sports ever. You can't talk about greats of all time because they're not going to ever go against this type of competition. The, the the amount of resources and how young people start. We have better training programs. The, the travel programs are better, so they're getting better at a younger age, being exposed to better talent. When before, you could go through Michigan and not play a, the other top talents. You never get to push yourself because that's how you get better is when you play the top-end talent. Absolutely. I mean, you're right about the resources thing. Like These guys have unlimited access to, you know, weight rooms and physical therapy and technology now. And just technology in general has just advanced so much and it's helping these athletes become these machines like DK Metcalf where, you know, 10, 12 years ago, this was not happening. You weren't seeing these freaks of nature out here like this. Yeah. And I, it's also leading to more, you know, the, the whole CTE discussion because these guys are getting too big, too fast, too strong. But I think that's that's obviously another topic yeah. for another I mean, this, day. <laughs> did you see the uh, the Domicon Sioux like sports science back in the day when they had him on and like he basically like getting hit by him is like being hit by like a Chevy truck at like <laughs> yeah. fifty miles per hour or something ridiculous? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, I could go all day on that concussion topic, but. Are we, wa- are we? Is this like the new Roman times? Like you know, watching like gladiators de- like killing themselves out there and stuff, and we're just watching it, these grown men. That's what it is. It's orchestrated violence, I guess. Like you know, we're we're just sitting back and enjoying the ride, the same way the Romans did. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, we're just yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we look back at them and like, how could they? They're such idiots. Like, yeah. Um, but at least I do think players are now a little bit more educated. Um, on the subject, and at least they know what's going on. Before, I felt like they hit it. They hit it. For, I mean, if you saw the movie Concussions and stuff like that, the, they wouldn't. They didn't. They just ignored it. And yeah, um, there was obviously a lot of science and data behind to show that, like later on, how the effects of it, like guys go crazy. They kill themselves. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, <laughs> sorry. I'd... Yeah, yeah. Well, we're good. Let's go. No more CTE stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We got that out. So uh, the Lions, I don't. It, I was ready to sell my fandom. I went to the Lions game around Christmas time when they played Minnesota. Okay. Uh, do you know? Do you remember that game? Um, we we were like up. It was when like we were up, and uh, there wasn't much time left in the first half. And uh, I was with Kim, uh, and I was like. I know it looks good right now, but somehow we're still going to be losing by halftime. And it was like less than two minutes. And I want to say we were like up 10 nothing or something like that, or 10-3. And they scored a field goal, got the ball back, got it halfway, and then they, they did the Hail Mary. Remember oh, the Hail yeah, Mary yeah. at halftime? Oh, yeah, I remember. That's, oh. that's the most just classic SOL no. Lions, dude. Oh, I was talking so much crap before that game. You could, if you go back to my Twitter feed, you'll see that I was trying to sell my Lions fandom because I knew they <laughs> sucked. They were going to lose that game. And I was, uh, Chet offered me $10 to become a Jaguars fan. That's still the highest bid right now. And I'm still questioning about taking it. I saw this guy on Facebook. He, uh, 
you know how they do gender reveals for babies. <laughs> he uh, did the same thing, only with a new football team, and it was the Kansas City Chiefs. And <laughs> I was cracking up. Like these red, red and white balloons came out of this box. Like <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I, maybe I need to do that for myself because yeah. <laughs> it's hard being a Lions fan. Like, don't go on Facebook after. It's damn near impossible to be a Lions fan at this point. Uh, all right, enough Lions talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because they'll screw the draft up anyways. Yep, never fails. <laughs> um, the Pistons. Pistons are red hot lately, They're man. They're hot. They're a streaky team. I was looking at their uh, like win loss totals and stuff. They'll win five games in a row, then they'll lose five games in a row. Yeah, I mean, the, my problem is they're right now these past ten or so games they've picked on the bottom feeders in the East, okay. and that's why I think they're dominating. But they I did mean, beat the Raptors, right? They yeah, they beat Toronto in overtime, overtime. and then uh, you know they beat Chicago on the road. They were down by twenty one in Chicago, and they came back and won that game. So, you know, I think. I don't know if the Thon Maker trade did anything to revitalize that bench, but you got guys coming off that bench producing now, which is something we haven't had in a long time. And <laughs> Drummond's, Drummond's playing much better. Reggie Jackson's playing much better. And then Blake Griffin is just having the best year of his career. Yeah, I like Blake. I, uh, love, I, I mean, I love Blake Griffin as a player, but I absolutely despise his contract. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, think, uh, I think Dwayne Casey's really somewhat turned this around. Compared to where we were in December where we lost, I forgot, it was like we lost like 18 out of 20 games or something ridiculous yeah. like that. And that's why we're in such a hole we're in right now. But I think we're we're sitting in like the sixth seed in the East now, and uh, we might get lucky and draw Indiana in the first round, and maybe we can win a f- <laughs> our first uh, playoff first pl- <laughs> game in 10 years. Who knows? <laughs> Not a game, but a series? Or we have game. a game. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. Last time the Pistons were in the playoffs, they got swept by Cleveland, so they didn't even, they didn't even win a game. So it's been that long. What sucks? Okay, so in sports, besides like football, where we talked about like through that draft right away, you can like become good if you hit on a few guys and stuff. These other sports rebuilds seem to be taking a little bit longer. Like you have to almost like tank to go to the very bottom, get those top players for a couple of years. Then, with those top young players come up for cheap salary, you then go and spend a little bit of money on like top free agents to try to get those top teams. You're seeing that a lot in baseball. Do you see? I mean, is that what yeah. would you prefer your team to do? Oh, I'm all aboard the Tank Express. Just tank, tank, tank. Get them high draft picks, build that young core, and then you're right. Once you have your young core, go out and get your you know big time free agents. That's what you know the 76ers yeah. did. That's what Sacramento's doing. Because I think. We're not a destination for te- like players don't want to come to Detroit right now. It's just exactly. the way it is. It's not a nice. We're not on the water. I, I think I think Michigan. Is, I love Michigan personally. I think more people should come. Uh, we have surrounded by water. You go up north. Yeah, we have a little bit of snow and stuff. But I think it's the perfect place personally. I mean, I I completely trust me. I understand why athletes choose Miami over Detroit. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I think you're right. I mean, Detroit definitely is on the up and coming compared to where we were ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's going to – to me, it's the team context that attracts the free agent. It's not necessarily the destination. You know, if the Lion, or if the Pistons are very close to winning a championship, then you can get a, you know, a marquee free agent to come here. The way we're doing it, it's hard to become a top team. Like, the way they did it in 04 – the back, you know, going yeah. to work Pistons just doesn't happen. No, that, no, not at all. I don't know how that came out of nowhere. A bunch of like perfect <laughs> trades that was it Dumars? Was that 
that did that? Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, Joe Dudemars, yeah. Uh, it just all worked to get Chauncey, to get Ben Wallace. Uh, yeah, these guys that were they were written off in their career, and then you know Joe D saw something in them, and you know he made trades for Rasheed Wallace, which put us over the top that was, and yeah. got us a championship. And they still even they they drafted Darko number two, like they <laughs> wasted a number two pick. Exactly. Like I'll say, I'll have to say, you know, we're talking about like now the Pistons have just no direction at this point, but. Even then, like, they struggled with their direction. Like, you taking Darko Milicic, like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> the, cu- or the, yeah the, the human cigar. Yeah. The human victory cigar for 2004. Uh, I mean, and that was a top-loaded draft. Uh, who knows if we would have got, like, that's, Carmelo or something or what would have happened to them. That's but one of the best drafts classes in NBA history. Right, because it was, what, LeBron number one? Mm-hmm. Darko number two? D. Wade, Carmelo oh, Anthony, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, yeah. Uh, we can't, yeah, we can't, what, I mean, we are, and we already had a championship caliber team. So and I was like, yeah, this is great. You know, championship caliber team. We got the number two overall pick. How yeah. can we can't? We're about to we're be, gonna be dynasty. Yes, exactly. We're going to be the Chicago Bulls of the two thousands. You know, no. but no. now we're stuck here with uh, Reggie Jackson. Yeah. And <laughs> de- like we, and then we never, and they never sold it off properly. They waited too long or sold the wrong guys. Like they sold Chauncey, I believe, and. I don't know if he was the right guy to sell at that point. I think he kind of was like the leader of that team. Absolutely not. He he should have been a piss in the rest of his career, I right. think. He still had some. He was still balling after oh, yeah. he left. He so. went to, yeah, he went to Denver, killed it. I think he played for the Clippers, killed it out there. Yeah. Um, Just a great player. And yeah. uh, I, so they, they, they try to tear it apart. I don't think they did it the right way. And we've been struggling ever since. Yeah. And just... Like you said, you know, okay, wow, we might get win a first round or win a game in the playoffs. Like, congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> you you could do that for twenty years. Like, no one's gonna come and see you because it's still not that good. We're a five hundred team. Exactly. We're not beating Toronto. We're not beating Milwaukee. We're not beating Golden yeah. State Warriors. Yeah, like we're not. Yeah, we're not going we're, through a run in the, even in the Eastern side. We'll have to beat the number one, two, three, and four teams. Or exactly. Whatever, probably so. Your 500 team in the playoffs, that's not an accomplishment. In the Eastern Conference, a weak Eastern Conference. Yes. You're not even, you don't make the playoffs right now with the Western, with your record. You don't. You're not in. I think the, I want to say the 10th team in the West would be like the sixth seed in the East right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I haven't looked at that in a few days, but it's just crazy how much better the West is. Yes. And then the top teams are just even better. Can LeBron get traded still? Uh, He might have a no trade clause. I'm not sure. Why wouldn't you want to get traded, though? Well, I mean, LeBron could go literally go wherever he wanted, so I I don't think he's going to get traded. I'm, I'm talking about like this year, though. Like, could could LeBron get traded this year? Yeah, is the trade deadline over? Oh yeah, the deadline's over oh. in February. Um, oh. But yeah, he signed with LA for four years, so oh. he's going to be there the rest of his career. I he think. doesn't seem happy. <laughs> oh, he's nobody in LA is happy right now. Oh man, yeah. All right. Well. uh... So, yeah, I wish the Pistons, though, like, it, it sucks that, like, yeah, they're a middling playoff team that might make it cool or whatever. As an athlete, like, I don't want to be on a crappy team. I want to make the playoffs. I want to, I understand that, and as the coach, but as a fan right now, I love championships. I love the, you know, or at least Final Fours or something like that, or at least being competitive. Like, you don't have a shot at the title. Yeah, and it. What drives me nuts, though, is that when last time the Pistons won the championship, I just, like, took it for granted. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. you know, I was 
at the time I was well, 18 years we old. 18, we just graduated. And right. yeah. yeah, and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. You know, this is going to happen so much in my life. Yeah. Well, here I am in 2019, and I'm still waiting for <laughs> another championship from any of the four major sports. Oh, man. I was uh, 18. I was working security at the palace, like outside for. Uh, oh, you were there seat. at the game? Yeah, we oh, were. I was uh, outside, not inside. Oh, not I inside. was in the parking lot. But yeah. It was cool to be around everybody, like leaving and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I believe, yeah. I, see, that's the thing about being 18 years old. You know, you don't have the money to go out to the palace and yeah. enjoy that a game like that. I've, nowadays, I mean, I'd I'd spend just about any amount of money to go to a championship game at this point. Right. Like, I think the maybe the Red Wings were the last last game I might have been able to go to when they lost to Pittsburgh. I think it was. I'm not. I'm not sure. The last time we actually had an opportunity yeah, yeah. to go to a championship game. I went to. Uh... The Tigers World Series versus San Fran. Okay. Uh, Cooley took me to that. That was cool. Unfortunately, we lost. <laughs> uh, how'd they not win a World Series? Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> that was, like, they had the best players like in the world together. Yeah. Um, so, Pistons, I don't see them winning in a long time unless they really start tanking. I don't think the yeah, going middle ground is going to get you anywhere, unfortunately. The way the leagues are set up, and the way the uh, collective bargaining or whatever you want to call it, the way they – that's how the rules are. The worst teams get the best chance at uh, the top player. I think because teams are tanking, and it's like like in fantasy baseball, when a team, t- when a team tanks, it sucks because they're just giving away – if you're not playing that team, they're playing somebody else you're competing against. They're just like giving away victories and stuff without sure. even trying. Um so I think there's too much positive for teams to tank and they need to somehow not do that. Like I want to help teams that suck, you know, but like all the playoff teams, if you're not a playoff team, you have the same chance to get that number one pick. I almost feel like, uh, I think you're opening a can of worms there. I, I don't know. I think the worst team, you know, they obviously need the most improvement. So, but they're being rewarded to tank. Like, so like, I mean, yeah, I, Put a good product out there. Uh, I don't know. I I go back and forth on this issue. I think I, I don't know. I think a team has. I mean, you obviously have to tank to get a good draft pick. There's no other way. So change the rules. But see, what if you get like what if you're the ninth seed in a conference and you just missed the playoffs by one, you know, one slot? Do you deserve that first pick? You didn't make the playoffs, and at least you tried. I, I don't think you should get punished for trying. I as guess. Much. Yeah. I... Make it closer or something, percentages. It's just these teams that are in the bottom three, when they aren't even close to like winning what they should be winning. And when, later on, we're going to go through the – we'll talk about baseball, and we'll go over the win total projections. We're going to have a little bet for that. I think uh, – but, like, the NBA is like ping pong balls. So, you, I mean – if you even if you are the worst in the league, I mean you're still there's no guarantee that you're getting the number one pick. It's all about luck, how the ping pong balls fall your way. I mean, I I just don't see any other way to do it without rewarding like a good team the number one pick. I think that's that's stupid to be honest. I mean they're already good enough. They're borderline playoff team. Yeah, but borderline playoff teams aren't even that good. Uh, I disagree. In the West, I mean there's teams over 500 that are not going to make the playoffs in the NBA. So. So they're gonna, <clears throat> they're never going to make the they've, playoffs. They've won more than they lost. It, that to me, that's a pretty good team. I'd rather make that team better, who's already right there, than like some crappy team who's not trying. Like I, I don't, 
I agree with I want my teams to tank because that's how you get the like the super teams. That's how you're going to win championships. The way these leagues are set up right now, I just disagree with the rules. And yeah, well, to each their own, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like you said, I like Drummond and Griffin. I think they're good players, but uh, it'll be hard to build like the winning team around them. Correct. Unfortunately. So, moving on, we'll talk about uh, since we're talking about basketball. Uh, big win for college basketball, Michigan State over Michigan. They are the, what, co-Big Ten champions for uh, the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Michigan fan, so this one hurts. <laughs> this one hurts pretty yeah. good. Uh, I, I, I'm neither, really. I'm neutral. I graduated from Eastern, so, you know, we're not doing too much or sports-wise. So I, I Yeah, I mean, last night's loss has – completely deflated me from a NCAA tournament perspective. Really? Because, you know, about two months ago, I had Michigan win the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, this team is unbelievable. This is one of the best teams Beeline's ever had. They were undefeated at that time still? Undefeated or? at that time. And I was like, this team is rolling right now. I mean, I don't know what's happened the past month, but they do not look like the same team. They cannot score offensively. They're, you know... Their defense even has been questionable, and and that's like the main point of all Beeline's team is the defense. Yeah. So like, if I were to fill out a bracket today, I'm not taking Michigan to win the whole thing, and it's terrible. Like I hate <laughs> I hate doing that, but you have to be realistic. I, Michigan State, I think, is clearly the better team. Um, They're playing better right now. They are playing extremely well. I mean, last night was just ridiculous. So. I don't see Michigan going very far in the tournament at all now. I, I mean, it's all, to me, you know, once once March comes around, teams start getting hot. Whoever's the hottest wins yep. that championship. Yep. And you still got the Big Ten tournament. True. Uh, so hopefully they, you know, get it together they, with a few good games or they something. They got to get it together. <laughs> yeah, before they go into the tournament. Like right now they're probably going to be like a three seed or something maybe, maybe even a four seed depending on uh, what yeah. they do in this tournament. Yeah, not to change topics, but I saw North Carolina beat Duke again yeah. last night. They swept the season series, and that's the same thing with Duke. Like, how I feel with Michigan, the same thing with Duke. Like, Duke is vulnerable, I think. Without Zion. with Without Zion, they're extremely vulnerable. With Zion, they're one of the best teams yeah. in the country, Hopefully obviously. He can, that's unfortunate for such a great player. Pay the players. Yes. Pay them. I agree. That kid should have been like, that kid made so much money for Duke. Yeah, and how much sure. did you get paid? You would think you got paid millions of dollars, right? Yeah, exactly. For how much he's worth? Yeah, um, it's sad. I, college sports like kind of pissed me off because of not paying the play. How much money is produced? And you could say, oh, well, they're good at a, a a degree, or they you know they're getting education and stuff like that. Like that educate. If anything, it's the networking that they're getting to some of these sure, big yeah. colleges. It's not even the education because. I don't understand why we're trying to force education on these kids. Like, yeah, I want—I don't want stupid people in the U.S., but, like, to make them go get a college education when, obviously, their best route to success is probably through their body and playing sports, and that's okay. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, these guys, you know, they've made the NCAA billions of dollars with a yeah. B, billions, yes. and they should get a, they should get a share of it. I mean... Without the athletes, the NCAA does not exist. I would so. love to see just another league started for like, I don't know, give all the profit sharings to like back to like the players or something like that. Get kids from eighteen to twenty one. Start your own league. Why do you need the NCAA? I'm sure I could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
this is way off of Michigan, Michigan State topic, but I mean, I could go all day saying why athletes are should be paid, but yeah. we we treat these athletes like like they're children, like they can't make their own financial decisions or something. How can you say that that the athlete just made one of the biggest choices of his life, his or her life, to go to a certain college that they wanted to go to, and now you're saying, oh, we okay, since you're in college now, you're not going to be able to. Yeah you know, make your own financial choices. Like, why, why are we babying these athletes? Yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Like you said, we could go on <laughs> days. Uh, but, like, just, you know, how much audience members, how much money did ESPN get from those two games yesterday, Duke and North Carolina, <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State? Yeah, and, I mean, you know, TV ratings and the, you know, ticket prices and yeah. beer and hot dogs. And it's insane the amount of money that sports generates. Uh, I love be living downriver between like Michigan and Michigan State games and like looking at Facebook, like <laughs> yeah. so much hate, so much trash talk between the two, uh, people whining. Oh, I saw everybody whining about the refs yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it, the refs did not cost that game. It was Michigan playing like garbage. That's why they lost. I will say the easiest sport, if you're a ref to like, you want to fix is basketball. Oh, Probably, absolutely. You could have the most effect on, uh, like, the pace of the game, just calling little fouls, following guys out. Um, and that's, yeah. Who is it, Donahue, the guy that got in all that trouble? I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> how many games, NBA games, are fixed? Like, we'll back, never know. Well, back then, especially, yeah, with Donahue, you know. Yeah. Nobody that, knows. <laughs> it's crazy. He may have fabricated a championship. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like. <laughs> I mean, he made it sound like it was an easy. Th- he made it sound like it was easy, and like everybody was doing it. Like you just shave a couple points or something, or <laughs> yeah. get a guy, you make a guy foul out, get two quick fouls, so he's out of the game, so you can keep it close. Like there's so many things you can do. Yeah, I, it's quite scary if you think about it, actually. <laughs> yeah, how much effect the, the refs have in basketball? I feel like probably more than any other sport, it's it's, it's obvious. Yeah, uh, NHL, I'd I'd say no. Yeah, you know, you baseball, be- uh, probably not because you know with instant replay. Yeah, there's because uh, you're getting great every time too now and like especially in baseball every game you get like grades and stuff like yeah. that now with the technology involved too like Miguel Cabrera knows the strike zone yeah for sure and like you know <laughs> like if it's a ball it's a ball like <laughs> the ump can't just be nope that you know that's my strike zone anymore or anything like that he's just gonna get a bad grade yeah yeah <laughs> uh but yeah I feel like if a game's gonna be fixed it could be basketball the easiest um but again, so Michigan, Michigan State. Like, I love living in Dowd River because people trash talk it and stuff like that. So I even went out to I went to breakfast this morning by myself uh, to a great place in Allen Park. I recommend it to everybody. It's called the Onion Griddle. I okay. should stop talking about it because like it opened up a couple years ago, and I, I started going to it when I first started opening up. And now everybody's going to oh. it and stuff <laughs> like that. So I, I went early today, luckily, so it wasn't too packed. Like, I can't even be, bring Kim anymore because it's hard to get a table. Like, oh my God. By myself, I'll sit at the counter. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but they started talking, like, people talking crap about the Michigan. Like, so one guy was wearing a Michigan State thing, and the guy working was like, well, uh, what about last year? We went farther, in, you know, in the, 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 the tournament and stuff. Oh, I'm like, what God. The heck? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, dude. <laughs> That's well, typical Michigan fan talking about their past. I That's, know. Oh. That drives me insane. As a Michigan fan, that drives me up the wall. Yeah. Like, the past, all your victories came, well, in football, all your victories came, you know, in the 1960s and yeah. 70s. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, 
people, yeah, Michigan fans love talking about the history of Michigan football and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the Andy Reid, who was the host of this podcast, is loves Michigan football. He probably that was probably what his main focus was, you know, talking about was uh, Michigan football. Um, but one of the most on-brand Michigan things I saw was when uh, the last time I believe it was like Michigan and Michigan State playing each other at the Chrysler Center. Uh, they had Jim Harbaugh there and like the number one Big Ten recruiting class. Oh, oh boy. yeah, <laughs> like. Is that the time and place to be, like, <laughs> talking about that? <laughs> We've got a big basketball game going on. But we got the number one recruiting class in the Big Ten. <laughs> like, who cares? You still can't beat SEC. Yeah, exactly. That's a disaster. So, I mean, th- we'll go right in. Yeah, we'll go into Michigan football. Uh, I know you're a big Michigan football fan. Talking about the recruiting class. They are, overall, the number eight, it looks like. Uh but the top teams above them, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, Oregon, LSU, then it's Michigan, Florida, and Clemson hey. round off the top ten. Dude, I'm so apathetic with this team. I don't even care. Number eight class, I don't care. Yeah, what does that <laughs> matter? That doesn't mean anything anymore, right? You're not beating Alabama. You're yeah. not beating Clemson. You're not beating Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, I, I have nothing – I have no reason to get my hopes up anymore. This team is repeatedly – Taken my hopes and dreams and right. shattered them right in front of my face and then spit in my face. What a year this was. Like, they lost the first game, which, you know, everybody was, thought they were supposed to beat, like, Notre Dame. Nobody knew how good Notre Dame was. True. Very so, true. So when they lost, though, but it felt like all the air was deflated. But the thing is, they had the entire offseason to prepare for that one oh, yeah. Notre Dame game. I don't care what Notre Dame's ranked. Jim yeah. Harbaugh supposed to be one of the best co- coaches in the country, yeah. and they came out flat and they lost that game. Yeah, I mean, granted they barely lost the game, and it was in Notre Dame Stadium, but yeah, still uh, to me there's no excuse. You have six months to prepare. You should have absolutely won that game. It's right now like it, it was just another story of like Detroit area sports, or though like they get your like so. High hopes were high right from the beginning, right? I yeah. mean, national title or bust, basically. It seemed like every you know, and then they lose the first game. Yeah, Michigan. I mean, but the, then they go on and win like every game after that, pretty convincingly and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, we're back, we're back. All we got to do is maybe beat Ohio State, baby. That's that's become Michigan's you know persona. They just wallop these you know these minor league college teams. They Harbaugh. just absolutely destroy them. And then, you know, you come and you see a, a ranked team on the schedule and you just get taken to school pretty much, like, by yeah. Ohio State, by Michigan State. Oh. Like, I, I'm so sick of it. Like, as a Michigan fan, this is driving me absolutely insane. And I told myself I was never going to <laughs> spend another dime <laughs> on Michigan football until they start winning games. Like, I, have, I didn't go to a single tailgate last year. I didn't go to a single game at home. Wow. I'm done until they start winning games. <laughs> I might have been the worst luck for Michigan. I don't know if you heard my story. So uh, my first Michigan game, any, I have the worst, you know, from them talking about how many wins they have, I have probably the worst percent, win percentage of any fan going to the game. Oh, oh, you mean every time you go, you lose? Or oh, yeah. Lose? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's bad. My first game was, I want to say it was like 2004 or five. Uh, Lloyd Carr was to coaching still, and uh, we were supposed to be really good that year. We are playing Minnesota, but Lawrence Maroney was on the team, and somebody with the last name Russell, 
They had it was another good running back. They okay. had two good running backs. Game was tied. Uh about to go into overtime. And Minnesota's on their own like ten or ten yard line or something like that. They're just trying to run the clock out to go to overtime. And they break one for like ninety yards to like end the game. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like not expected to ever win or anything. They won the little brown jug. That was my first game. First Michigan game. Second game. Appalachian State. You went to that game? I went to that game. Oh my game. god. I went to that game. Wow. I couldn't believe it. If that doesn't I mean that's like the epitome of Michigan football right there, that, uh, that, that football game. Yeah, like the worst oh, loss ever, like basically. State. Yeah, just lose to people you shouldn't lose to. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that was my first, second game. Third game. Was it Utah right after that we lost to? After Appalachian State? Yeah, or is it Oregon? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I, belie- I believe it was Oregon. It was like a killing, like 50. They just killed us. Like, it was supposed to be a close game. And they <laughs> that just sounds like, right, because Oregon usually has a pretty good It was team. over at halftime. Uh, Adam Darren went with, to me with that game. And I got like, you. He, like, he couldn't believe it. He'll never, he'll probably, like, he was a big Michigan football fan. He'll probably never go. Because <laughs> he was going to a lot of these. At this time, uh, I had a friend who basically had, like, a plethora of, like, tickets and could get me into every game and, like, tailgate, like, yeah. Private tailgates and stuff. It was awesome. Except we kept losing every game. <laughs> I went to. Why don't you uh, stick this one out, Steiner? And, uh, oh, it was stay, bad. Stay so, back at the tailgate. So it was like, <laughs> oh, it was so bad. And then uh, after, yeah, and then after that, I went to like for the next couple of years for the Rich Rod era, which was you know Tate Forcier. Like, oh yeah. It always started off really good too. Look, oh man, maybe the Rich Rod's got this whole thing figured out. Like <laughs> this new brand of Michigan football, high-powered yeah. offense. I mean, I I look back. I mean, yeah, Rich Rod, you know, he never lived up to Lloyd Carr's heart, hype, but Rich Rod wasn't the worst coach I've ever seen. I thought no. Brady Hoke was <laughs> much, much worse than Rich Rod. Ah, uh, the Michigan bad. We yeah. got to bring in a Michigan yeah. bad. Don't even, oh, my God. <laughs> the Hulkster. I, if I never heard that voice, that guy's voice ever again, I'd chalk that up as a win. Uh, is he coaching still? Uh, He's... I want to say he's like the – he went back to San Diego State and he's okay. like the lineman coach or something oh, like that. No. So he's not even no. like a relevant coach anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, that dude's fallen from grace, you could say. And now we have the savior, Jim Harbaugh, who – Who's a fake Who hasn't savior. won a big game. He hasn't won many big games yet. He's fake. I'm, I'm over Jim Harbaugh. I want him gone, to be honest. I'm, I think he is overrated. I think he is – his his time has come, I think. It's, All right. It's time to go. Jim, time's up. That's you got to go, buddy. Yep, that's it. Go brother, go bother your brother in Baltimore. Exactly. Get out of the college scene and go back to the NFL. Uh, the other Big Ten teams that are ranked in their recruiting class, next is Penn State at 13, Ohio State 16, Nebraska 18, Purdue 25, Michigan State 28, and Wisconsin 29. Those are your top. Uh, Big Ten teams, but Big Ten kind of sucks. True. SEC is where it's at, unfortunately, in the football. Like, that's where the real men go play. I mean, yeah. I mean, Clemson, if I had to pick right now, Clemson and Alabama are going to play in the championship (laughs) game again. Like, it's unbelievable. Right. Those two programs are incredible. I I mean, Clemson, I don't see how Clemson loses, to be honest. With uh, Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback, he is He's making millions, right? 
<laughs> he's he's got to be a millionaire by now. Uh, you do think. think. I mean, yeah. the way the guy plays, he looks like an NFL-ready quarterback already, and he's uh, 19 years old. No, you, you got you got to wait till your junior year. We need you here for three years. Yeah. You can't be making money before you're wait. 21. Yeah. Wait, what the hell is that? You <laughs> might end your, you might we might end your career before you even make it to the pros. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. That guy could have been possibly the number one overall draft pick this year. Nope. Nope, can't do it. Nope, you got to stay and go to a college you don't want to go to. Uh, Kyle Murray, what do you think of his choice of sticking with the football instead of being, he was the ninth overall selected in the MLB draft. I love Kyler Murray. I think I think it's a great choice for him because then if football doesn't work out, then he has baseball to fall back on. Because if you pick baseball first, you don't have football to fall back on. Yeah, it's hard to go. You have to be like, what, in football shape, they call it, and stuff like that. you got to be, like, taking the hits and stuff like that. It's hard to, yeah, yeah. just to, like, all right, I haven't been playing in a couple of years and to, like, go back into it. To me, I think it's easier to be a, be a young football player than an old football player. Oh, yeah. And it's easier to be, well, maybe not easier, but it's easier to be a older baseball player like you can be in your you know mid-30s and still produce at a baseball level will we ever have another Bo or Dion? dude i think kyler murray might be it to be honest wouldn't that be great like the guy's incredible he's so athletic he's you know he's got every single skill you could possibly want in both sports he's i, I mean he's he's the you he might be the next Bo. who knows have you seen the Dion sanders 30 for 30 I have not. Oh my gosh, it's but amazing. I'm, yeah, I won't been meaning to watch that. So he like he had to. He was playing football games, and then also MLB playoffs were like going on at the same time, and they were like playing. Oh, he was playing for Atlanta and both, but they were like traveling, and so he had to like he had a, a night game for baseball. Then he had to go like a day game for football. And then he had like a night game that night or whatever. So he had like three <laughs> games in like a. 24-hour span or something like Jesus that. Jesus Christ. And uh, he, he was just trying to do everything he can. and that, but Because uh, uh, he wasn't even supposed to, like, play baseball that late. Like, he was supposed to then go to football. But since they were making, like, a playoff run and stuff like that, there was, like, he was like, okay, I'll help you. You know, we'll do what we can to, like, help you guys out. And then so he kept playing football, though, and that wasn't enough for him. So when he came to the one game, uh, they were like, it was the round before the World Series, they sat him. And he was, Jeez. like, pissed off about it. <laughs> and, like, uh, they wanted to, like, keep sitting him. But, like, uh, whoever they played in the World Series, like, one of the games, he just has, like, an over 500 batting average against this guy. So they couldn't. He was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, then he killed it. They still <laughs> lost the World Series. But he all, he would have been, like, the MVP, yeah. basically, if they would have won. Yeah, he is one of the best athletes of all time. I would love to see something like that. That, that is so hard to do. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why you don't see it too often, because that's how hard it is. Like, I can't, besides Kyler Murray, I can't think of any anybody in the past 10 years who's even come close to that kind of level. I mean, Tim Tebow's, like, trying to do both, and he's not even successful at either one. Yeah, tr- he did win a playoff game, which <laughs> Matt Stafford can't say he's done. Yeah, that was, if you remember, was it versus the Steelers? That was a ridiculous, yeah, like, 80-yard touchdown in overtime, though. Like, it wasn't like he, like, made some great play. It was just a... A catch and run. Yeah, true. But I mean, he still made the play. So sure, sure. He's a winner. I like. I, I don't. I can't hate on the guy. I've always loved Tim Tebow. He has the right attitude. His, yeah, his uh, intangibles definitely, you know, boost his yeah. uh, status as a player. I think. Yeah, he's just you know try to do the right thing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you nitpick about arm throwing and like 
the length of his delivery and yeah. all that stuff. But I mean, the guy was, just all he did was win in college. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he beat. He lost to Michigan, I believe, right? It was Michigan in, like, when it was, like, his sophomore year or something like that in the Gator Bowl or something? I believe, yeah. I believe that was the same year that Michigan lost that Appalachian State game. <laughs> yeah, and right? They, they yeah. went down there and beat Tim Yeah, because Lloyd Carr ended up, like, salvaging that season or whatever, yeah. actually, somehow, and then beat Florida. But <laughs> after that game, like, he, like, made a promise, like, not to lose another game, basically. I don't think he did after that. Like, <laughs> yeah, he might not have. <laughs> yeah, he, it was amazing. Yeah. Like, and... <laughs> yeah, just be like, that's it. Like, I, yeah. we're not losing again. Okay. <laughs> How the hell did we just get on a conversation about Tim Tebow? <laughs> I haven't talked to anybody about Tim Tebow in years. <laughs> he's trying to make a comeback in, uh, for the Mets. He's yeah. still trying. I think True. he's in their spring training. Triple A. I, I would love to see that guy make that. Like, that would be. That'd be cool. Because he worked so hard for that. Like, when he was playing, he wasn't ever expecting to make it. Like, you know, like it was a, a, a publicity stunt, people thought, for yeah. the Mets, basically. <laughs> yeah. But this guy's an athlete. He goes in and puts to work, and if he could do it, like that's an amazing thing. Like determination, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm pulling for the guy. Yeah, I would love to see him up this year. Uh, all right, so we got a couple more things. We, uh, we'll go. Let's talk about. I want to do some trash talking about the fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> that should be grand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, I like your team this year, though. Oh, thank you. I think this is one of your better squads going into. Uh, you had to salvage last year. Yeah, last year was an absolute disaster for me, so I had to sell off all my players and uh, try to set myself up for this year at least. And I think you have. You at least put yourself in the right spot to at least be a contender. Um, we get to keep six players so far, so we already know kind of the core yeah. of your team. Yeah, so, I mean, if you don't know what we're talking about, so we have a, you know, it's a 12-team team. 12 team team 12 team auction league and you know you pay money for players and then you keep those guys and then the next year they cost you five dollars more yes so that's kind of kind of the premise we're talking about here um basically you want you know the cheap cheap young guys young guys that you can keep for the foreseeable future and then build around those guys in the draft so that's basically what I've done. I mean, I, last year I, I went for it. Last year I had, I thought I had a stud team, and you, you had a really good team. I, I I seriously thought I was more scared of your team if it came together over Victor's <clears throat> sixth place team. Sure. Yeah. Uh, besides that, besides those seven teams, there was like everybody else was kind of like out. Uh, but like you had to make the decision. You're kind of like too far behind. But like you had the top players that I would have been scared of. Yeah, I mean, I, I got brutally injury-riddled with Josh Donaldson and Corey Seager. Yeah. And Votto had one of the worst years of his career. And yeah. Charlie Blackman fell off. And just everything, just anything that could go wrong did go wrong for me. So I had to make the decision. You know, you either stick with these guys or I sell off and try to try to do something next year. And that's what I did. So, I mean. You tried. You even doubled down and you went and got another. You bought a guy. Yeah, I I. I went out and got a Rollis Chapman, which I regret probably now. Probably regret now, yeah. <laughs> but the effort was... At the was, time, I yeah, mean, yeah. You I, thought you had the team. I still, I mean, I was still in it at that point. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try to buy and see, yeah. see where this goes. And if not, oh, well, I was going to lose anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> but then you went back and you sold. So you kind of like reconstructed. You got some younger players. You went and got Glaber Torres from me. Yep. Uh, I think that was a great trade for both both sides. I think that's the type of trade you're looking for that, when you're a buyer and a seller. 
to me, that was the best fantasy trade I've ever seen playing fantasy because it got me set up for the future and it literally brought you a championship. Yeah. No, I it, mean, it, it, it was, it, yeah, it was perfect. That, that's what, yeah. Uh, I had a hard time trading him. I was not planning on trading Glaver Torres. I can't believe I got him from you, quite frankly, because I think he's going to have a monster, not only a monster season, but a monster career. I mean, he's, what, 22, 23 years old? All-star. All-star for the Yankees. <laughs> like, yeah, I I, uh, I was at the point, though, I was obviously contending for a championship at that point. And looking into the future, I already felt like I had at least six guys that I wanted to keep. So that's what made it me, allowed me to do that is because I had a good core of six and I realized that I was going to have too many in the off season. Yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you got, if you're going to not keep somebody, you're going to try to get something for them. Exactly. So. <laughs> and it seemed like at that moment, it was like the most I could get for so you know, for them. Yeah. Uh, cause I'm playing for something. So you gave me like Aaron Nola, which was an ace I needed, you know, you could always get more pitching during the, you know, that doesn't hurt. Yep. And then uh, a couple of closers, which I needed, which was uh, Knable and yep. Chapman. Or, yeah, yeah, Chapman. Because yeah. uh, you traded the other guy. You made two big trades. So you made, you, at that same yeah, time, right. you traded me that trade, and then you traded the other gentleman who I was competing with, Adam, Darren, <laughs> uh, the Colt 45s. You traded him for George Springer. Yep. That, you, I'm very happy with that move as well. <laughs> you, Yeah. Uh, so you got another keeper. Uh he actually got first choice because uh, I, when these trades kind of went down, I wasn't around you guys. Everybody was kind of met up somewhere, it seemed like. Um, maybe. I don't remember exactly, but I, I know I was talking to multiple people at once about oh, oh yeah. different moves. So, <laughs> uh, But you made the first one with uh, Adam, and he kind of you kind of gave him the first pick. Uh, so he picked Severino, and he selected Kimbrell. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then I got the other three guys, basically, which I would have had a hard time choosing between Nola and Severino. And if I would have to have chosen, I probably would have picked Severino because he was like a little bit of a flashier, higher upside type type guy. Yeah. So I knew I had two. I had multiple deals going at once, and Adam actually offered me, you know, uh, Springer and Blake Snell at the time, and Snell. You know, Snell had not had a Cy Young stride yet. Like, he was still months away from becoming a Cy Young award winner. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is part of my language. But yeah. I was like, do I do this? Do I do this deal or do I do try to do both deals? And I ended up just doing the both deals. Oh. Which, because yeah. I would have rather had Glabar and Springer than well, yeah. Springer and snow so oh, yeah he was trying to give you like one big like basically take all your guys that you're gonna get rid of in one package yeah so nobody else could get exactly the rest yeah i think me and him kind of took away players because i think maybe you probably had somebody else in line after us two that was looking to deal yeah i think so yeah my guess sure. is chet futek oh yeah me and chet the yeah carriers because yeah because me and chet made the deal for Corey, Corey kluber yeah after and uh I just gave him, you know, Reese Hoskins and oh yeah, a shitty catcher and. Uh, <laughs> well, I to, Ramos is good. Wilson Ramos. Ramos right, he, <laughs> I thought that was a good pickup by Chet. There wasn't many good he available. He needed a catcher. Yeah, yeah, he needed a catcher. There wasn't anybody available, and he was at least like a top six, like a, a playable, like didn't hurt you. Sure. Type yeah. player. Was that it? Was just those two guys? Uh, there was another guy. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, but. Uh, yeah. I don't I know. And then you sold <laughs> sold Nelson Cruz. Like you yeah. had a lot of players. Like. See, that's 
that's what I want the Pistons to do. What I just did there, I just blew up my whole team yeah. and started rebuilding. That, that's what I want the Pistons to do, and they're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Get on with it, Pistons. Yeah, it's okay. Just go go to the dumpsters for a couple of years. Get those top draft picks. See, that's the back. thing, though. Like I. If you make the smart moves, I don't even think you have to be in the dumpster. Like I, I don't think I'm in the dumpster. I think I'm. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm. A, I've got no. pretty good keepers. So well, you went. You were a, a, one of the bigger budget teams that year, so you had like the higher top talent players to get rid of when it came to the trade deadline. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's always in the back of my mind when I draft these guys. I, I know I can sell them. Yeah. During the mid mid season, you know. Exactly. Yes. <clears throat> Very good point. Uh. Well, let's, we're going to keep talking about baseball. Uh, I like to bet a little bit of baseball. I feel like we're both pretty knowledgeable. Uh, actually, first, talk about ni- uh, 98%. I was about to go <laughs> mix up 98%, 98 degrees with 78%. That's got me all messed up. 78% is your podcast. Yep. Uh, you started it with a gentleman we both know, Ryan Bellis. Correct. And how did this come about? Well, um, you know, I, I work for uh, General Motors and... Uh, it's, you know, I work Monday through Friday, 40 hours a week. And then I, I came home one day and I was just like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like I, I come home, I go to, I go to the gym and then I sit there and watch TV or play video games. Right. Monday through Thursday. Right. I'm like, I got to do something with my life. I got to do something, give myself a new hobby. So I was just like, yeah, I, I like talking sports. I like talking sports with my you friends. Do. So, really <laughs> so why not, uh, record that maybe somebody wants to hear what we have to say and you're good with computers and stuff yes my degree is in software engineering so i was like it's stuff i have no. all <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i have all the skills to do what i need to so why not do it so yeah we threw together 78 percent sports uh the name is just nonsense like my whole life has been nonsense pretty much yeah. so <laughs> yeah so se- everyone's like why 78 like what what's what's that all it's about exact science and i'm like <laughs> Dude, I don't. I don't even know. I just picked a number. Like, <laughs> so yeah, we talk about a lot of sports, and then we also we're going to talk about a lot of non-sports related yeah. topics. No politics, though, right? Zero politics. Zero politics. So if you if you like that sort of thing, check it out. Um, we one thing I wanted to make sure was that we do talk about a lot of fantasy sports. Yeah. Um, you know, because you listen to like the ninety-seven won the ticket or any yeah. of these radio stations, they don't talk about fantasy at all. Yeah. Because they say there's not an audience for it. I disagree. I think there absolutely is an audience for it. And I want to exploit that audience. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely probably not like local radio audience, but naturally for like, yeah, for a podcast, there's definitely a lot. I mean. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to have fun with it too. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to make thousands of dollars. No. I'm I'm just doing this for fun with my best friend. So. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you started. Uh. Best of luck, you know. There's enough Thank for you. all of us to eat. I, if you know, I hope you get better. I get better, and the whole area, you know, we get better. Yeah, I mean, we we're only three weeks in, and I feel like each each podcast has been better than the previous one. So, you know, yeah. it's a, it's been a one giant learning experience. You know, I've never done something like this before, and uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. This is uh, my first hosting podcast. Uh, thank you to Planet Ant Podcast Network. Uh, for a lot, you know, putting the studio together, the equipment, uh, Pinecast. Is, is, this is p- episode is powered by Pinecast. They allow us to get onto all of your podcast needs of iTunes, Spotify, all those websites. Um, 
and it's been like you said a learning experience but we have a whole group of people working behind the scenes and it's really it, this is really great yeah i'm i'm really glad i did this to be honest i mean i, I never i never thought i'd end up at this point but i literally just paid like money to advertise my podcast on facebook the other day i was like <laughs> i was like what am i doing like, no <laughs> don't do that facebook is the devil <laughs> But it's all learning. Like, is that worth it? You got to like... Yeah, I mean, it's it's been fun. I mean, I just want... If if I get one person to listen to my podcast on a regular basis, then I'm happy. Like, yeah. my job is done. So... There you go. Uh, how's Bellis liking it so far? Uh, he's loving it. He's he's really taking a liking to the social media aspect of it. Oh, that's yeah? for sure. That guy's always, you know, posting stuff. Oh, and yeah. Trying to keep people engaged. Oh, and... yeah. He likes to argue with people. Yeah. <laughs> That guy, I mean, he'd go on for days. He oh. doesn't like the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, for whatever reason. There's no good I, reasons. No. I haven't. No, yeah, you said no. I, I've listened to your podcast, and I haven't heard him tell you say good reasons why I don't like him. Yeah, he doesn't like any player. It's just a personal vendetta, I guess. Yeah. Aaron Judge is not going to be good this year. <laughs> why? I don't know. Because he strikes out a ton. Yeah, but he also hits sixty home runs. Yeah, yeah, year, yeah. So. Uh, well, uh. I'll have you on later on. Maybe we'll do a strictly fantasy because uh, not everybody wants to listen to fantasy, so I don't want to focus too much on fantasy. Oh, absolutely. I get it. Uh, but, yeah, I like the – I'm very knowledgeable in uh, baseball, I feel like, uh, out of any of the sports. Like, I know rosters, minor league rosters, um, and I would be – I'm pretty confident it's betting sports. Uh, baseball. No, not other. Um, so we are going to have a podcast versus podcast. You're going to have to represent Ryan Bellis, too. Yeah, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and we're going to go through the win projected total from Vegas for each team and go over under. I already did mine, so I won't be cheating off you or whatever. So oh, okay. uh, I'll let you know as soon as after you pick yours. Okay. Um, we'll go by division by division. So for all you betters out there, if you're looking to – you know, one of these teams to bet, or a few of these teams to bet the over/under totals. Uh, this is what we got. So we're going to go through the AL East first of all. Uh, so I have their win total, or their. I also have Pakoda. You know, I don't know if Pakoda is one of the projections. I also have those numbers, but those really don't matter. That's just a computer punching out numbers of how many wins they think it's going to be. Gotcha. But it's pretty interesting to look compared to what Vegas has. I think Vegas is the harder predictor. Because it's just like, those guys are so good. Yeah, they are incredibly accurate every year. I don't know who they are, but they are Seriously, good. yeah, <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, Do not want to be in a fantasy league with those guys, that's for sure. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, basically, most of these are going to go from, we're going to go through division to division, from the top team projected, basically, to the bottom team. Gotcha. All right, so we got the AL East. The New York Yankees are at 96 and a half. I'm going over, over because the New York Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. Okay, uh, I agree. I think uh, I think they're they could win easily 100 games this year. I think they go out and get a pitcher at the deadline, and that really pushes them over the top. That I, I and I, I agree with that. Like that's why I like them over uh, the next team, Boston. Is that like uh, they have Yankees have more money available to get better get better throughout the season, and they have the better farm system. Yep. Uh, David Dabrowski went out just like he did the Tigers and just like got rid of everybody. Love Dabrowski. Yeah, I mean, love him. That dude manages teams better than anybody in the league. I mean, he he go he goes out and gets rid of those. Pro- I mean, he went and got Chris Sale. He's went and got JD. 
Yep. Um, but he's willing to like pay for players yeah. and stuff like That's that and try to part. win a championship. Yep. Uh, so Yankees, 96 and a half. We both got over. Boston, 94 and a half. Yeah, give me the over there as well. I think that offense is really good, and I'll be shocked if they don't hit that number. I agree. Uh, as much as I love the Yankees, I think they could win 100 games. Uh, I think Boston should win at least 95. Sure. thing that scares me is kind of David Dabrowski, yes, the bullpen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's well, there is talk that Craig Kimbrell may actually come back. So if he comes back, I think that – that helps. That, yeah. that, that's a definite 95 wins, that yeah. I think. But without the closer right now, and I don't, think, I don't know if they have the cap space or the players available in their farm system as the Yankees do. So. Yeah. Uh, but I do like both teams over. Next team, Tampa Bay Rays, 84 and a half. Ooh, that is a tough one right there. I'm going to go under there. Ooh. I don't believe in that pitching staff. You don't believe in the pitching staff. All right. Nope. Kevin Cash and his openers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got over. Three okay. teams in a row, all AL East teams. I got I got over. Um, Pakoda's got him 85. I mean, I think it's a good number, I think, but I think they should be a favorite for like the second wild card spot. And if the other teams, if the Red Sox somehow do get injuries or something like that, watch out for the Rays. Okay. Um but right now, they aren't close, but the Rays, they're just going to be deep. They're going to have 25 guys that are going to be good, interchangeable, um, a deep bench, a ton of pitching, and a great farm. I think they have, like, the number two or three farm system, so they're going to be able to pull guys up from that are ready. Um, I don't, that's where I disagree. I don't think the pitching is going to be there. I mean, yeah, Snell is great, but there's a significant drop-off in talent after Snell. Uh, Charlie Morton's not bad. He's a little bit older, but uh, I think he should be all right. This he had a good year last year, so I mean he did. But uh, he played on it for a Houston team that gets the most out of their pitchers. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Tyler Glass now was a good pickup. Jalen Beeks was a good pickup. They have a lot of good under the radar. I don't. They don't have the guys that you're going to get Chris Sale, Kluber, yeah. Degrom. They don't have those. I mean, even though they do have a Blake Snell, um, but the opener worked for them. Do you know that af- after they started that, they had the lowest ERA in the first inning? Yeah, that's impressive. So it worked. <laughs> yeah. Something worked. So uh, I'm curious to see how they keep working with that. And uh, I believe in the A's, or the Rays. Okay. All right. The Toronto Blue Jays, 74 and a half wins. Under. I think they're, they're kind of tanking without saying it. <laughs> I mean... If, if Vlad Jr. comes up, I mean, I still I don't think he's enough to put them over that that number. Yeah, you know the pitching is lacking, bullpen's lacking. Well, it's one of the best divisions in baseball, and it's yeah they play in one of the best divisions. So in baseball. those other three teams are just strictly better right now than them for sure. Uh, they do have one of the best farm systems, especially top heavy with uh, Vlad and Bobichet be coming up to this year. So. They should be good for the future when they then go out and sign guys, too, to go build around that. That's when they're going to be a contender. I don't think it's just quite yet. For sure. Um, maybe they like try to get some of that pitching back, and maybe they trade those guys. If they might, you know, if Stroman comes back, Stroman does good, or if Animal, or not Animal, but uh, Aaron Sanchez, if, they, if he can come back. Um, there are a lot of question marks with that team. Yeah. Absolutely. So if some of those pieces can work and they could trade, you know, get better for the future. I just don't, I agree with you that... Uh, <clears throat> Just not this year. So while 74 and a half is not great, I do think they're going to try to like 
race to the bottom kind of type of thing. Yeah. You know, get a better draft pick. And the last team, probably the worst team in baseball, Baltimore Orioles at 59 and Ooh, a half. That is a low number. Um, yeah, I'll go under. <laughs> I'll take the under there. I went under also, which is, yeah, hard, but that is, who could they It beat? is hard to lose, you know, that many games, but. <laughs> How many did the, what was the Tigers in, was it 03? Oh, yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, that was brutally bad as well. Yeah, it was like going, yeah. Baltimore's going to be bad. Real bad. Yeah, no pitching, no lineup. No bullpen. Yeah. Brand new manager. Yeah, bunch of young guys. And not even a good farm system. No, that's that's the killer for them is they don't have any top prospects. They got like some (laughs) Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, like guys that could be all right, but you don't want those to be like your headline top guys to build around. So Dylan Bundy's never really came into form. Yeah, he's – It's a bad team. Yeah. So we both – pretty agreeable on – I think uh, the only difference we had was the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Yeah, Under over. All right. Cleveland at 90 and a half. 90 and a half. I'm going to go over because, you know, the AL Central is just a wasteland right now. I agree. They're going to be picking on these teams, you know, quite often. I was surprised that the win total was that low. Like, I wanted to go under, but at 90 and a half. I think it's right where it needs to be because, to me, that – like the first five batters in that lineup are solid, but after that, there's question marks in that in that batting order. That's starting pitching, though. But the pitching, I think, would make up for that I that mean, la- lack of the back half of the order. The starting pitching is deep. You yes. go from Kluber to Bauer, Carrasco, two, three, to Mike Clevenger, who might be one of the best, like the best number four in the league. Easily, he is the best number and four. And then in the Shane Bieber, a great number five. And then I'm yep. sure they have some other pitching prospects. Actually, pretty solid bullpen. Yeah. So that pitching alone, though, like it's a top three na- or in the whole major leagues. So yeah, they stay healthy. There's no reason they shouldn't run away with that division. Yeah. So we both go over. Pakoda's got him at 96 wins. 96. That's eh, that's a lot. Yeah, but I, I think this might be, if there's, like, one one of these so far that I, I'm almost most confident on is the 90, like, they should win 91 games Absolutely. in that division. Yes, for sure. So that's one of my more confident ones. Minnesota, 84 and a half. Oof, that is a good number for them. It is. Um, this is one of my more difficult ones. I'm going to say, I'm going to go over here. Oh. This team has been up and down you know, the past three years, they they were in a wild card spot, and then they absolutely fell off and tanked. And yep. now it's like, what kind of what t- what is this team? Like, who are they? <laughs> so, so yeah, so two years ago they were in the wild card, and they have a lot of those like same players and stuff like that. I uh, like I like the Nelson Cruz signing. Nelson Jonathan Scope, I thought was a great signing. Just you know, under yeah. the radar, like he's going to improve their defense and offensive at second base. Sure. Um, they went and got Marwin Gonzalez, who's a great all-around utility player. Put him anywhere. Good veteran. Yep. Um, so they got like guys that they could put that, that are going to be good. And they have some questionable guys like Buxton and Sano, who you don't know what you're going to get out of those guys. That's the thing. If they blossom this year, then I think that clearly puts them in the over. Yeah. Um, this was one of the more difficult ones because again, they're in a bad division. Like Kansas City, and we'll get to Kansas City and Detroit, but the, I, I think those two are going to be pretty bad. 
For sure. Um, so being around 500 shouldn't be hard for Minnesota, I feel like. I feel like they should almost get 81 wins. Yeah, absolutely. So can they take that step and maybe get to 85 and try to compete with uh, the, the Rays? I mean, really, they got them in the Rays at 84 and a half. Yeah. I Who like, do you like better? I like Minnesota better. Really? Yeah. Because I think, I think Minnesota has more upside right now in the division that they play in and same thing if, if Buxton can figure it out if Sano can figure it out and stay healthy I think the Rays are the better team but you might be right that the Minnesota <laughs> might end up with a better overall record by a game or two just because of schedule exactly so that's interesting uh, alright so did you take the under there or I the took over, over? I, took, okay. I have over here which so we both took over we both took over we're pretty much the same except the, the Rays so far Okay, that's, that's... going to be the difference maker right now Kansas City Royals, 69 Ooh, and a half. That's awfully low, I feel like. It is low. But they're also rebuilding themselves. Um, that is a tough one. I'm going to go with under Kansas City Royals. I, don't, that, I think the pitching staff is lacking. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they've got these guys that, you know, they've got these quick, speedy guys in their lineup. But where's the power going to come from? Well, that's it. Uh, Ned Yost is going for a whole, going the opposite way from everybody else yeah. in the major leagues right now. Sometimes that works. I Some, applaud him for doing that. Yeah. They went out and got the fastest guys. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, because they weren't going to win any other way, I exactly. guess. So let's try something different. Hey, try. Yeah. So they went out and literally got the fast. They have some of the fastest guys in the major leagues from, well, they already had Alberto Mondesi, their shortstop who's super fast, who could steal 60 bases. Uh, Whit Merrifield, who led the league, or it was the major leagues at steals? At yep. least a Mar- he led the majors in steals last year. So, and then they go and add Billy Hamilton, who... A perennial 60 stolen base. Yeah, he might not give you much else. I mean, good defense, yeah, but it. he could steal some bases. So, Eli- yeah, elite defender for sure. And th- th- I could see that kind of working just because... It's putting a different type of pressure on guys that aren't what they're not used to because guys are going to be used to like trying to go against the long ball. Don't give up a, the long ball and stuff. Instead, Kansas City is kind of going back to their old ways of like we're going to put the ball in play and get guys on base and put the pressure on you to make mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That, I, see, that's the thing, though. The, these pitchers are not going to be able to keep the ball in the park, I don't think, because <laughs> they the starting pitching rotation is atrocious in uh, Kansas City. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so we won't, we both went under. Uh, I think they're going to be bad. Uh, Chicago White Sox, interesting team. 74 wins. 74. Let's go over here for Chicago, not, but not by much. I mean, I can see <laughs> – I'm talking 75, 76 wins maybe. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, they uh, – I, I mean, they've been rebuilding for a few years now. I mean, you've got to take a step forward at some point. Uh, yeah. So why not be this year? You know, I think Yohan Moncada has a big year. Eloy Jimenez should have a big year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're set up for the future. So yeah, this isn't going to be their year. Uh, they really missed out on Machado. Uh, yeah, they that really hurts. wanted him. They went side his brother-in-law and best friend John Jay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they wanted him. Uh, but the future's bright. Michael Kopech won't be playing this year. True. Uh, but he'll be back. He'll be a t- like. Um, but like you said, they got a, y- a lot of young players that if they put it together finally, they could be really good, like maybe even try to compete with like Minnesota for like second in the division. But I don't think they're quite there yet. I think Minnesota separated themselves. 
Um, but I do have the over at 74. I think they could probably win 75, 76 games again with the bad division with Kansas City and the Tigers at the bottom. Yep, exactly. Um, and then maybe trying to, you know, if they could try to go 500 versus Minnesota or something like that, compete with them. True. Uh, so same there. Detroit Tigers, the one and only at 68 and a half. Under for me. Um, I want this team to lose every game. (laughs) But will they lose every game? Obviously not, but... I have under. uh, But I don't know if it's that old local bias type of thing, like what ifs, like what if Miguel Cabrera's back? (laughs) Yeah, this... I mean, they're they're a young team for the most part now, which is nice, but I just don't see that the talent's just not there. Yeah, I I, want to wish and be positive, but... yeah. I my guess like could if it all goes right if Tyson Ross and Matt Moore and Jordan Zimmerman and see, Daniel Norris and Mike Fulber all have good pitching years Matt Boyd see yeah a lot has to go right for this yeah. team I yeah. mean Tyson Ross to me is one of the worst pitchers in the league Matt Moore is one of the worst <laughs> pitchers in the league and this lineup is just not going to produce runs to to bail these pitchers out so yeah yeah I'm with you uh, I'm going on the under we got to keep going Houston. So we're to the AL West at 96 and a half. Give me the over all day. I think Houston makes another serious run at the World Series. I agree. Uh, so they have the highest win total projected as the Yankees. We're going over on both those teams. I think both could be 100-win teams. Yep. Uh, Houston's a superstar team already put together. Uh, their lineup, you're going to have Altuve, Bregman, Correa, I'm missing somebody right Springer. there. Springer. Yeah, Springer at the lead off. Sorry, that I was <laughs> uh and then they picked up Michael Brantley, who is a great baseball player to like just deepen that lineup. Josh Reddick. Yep. I think Tyler White will be an yeah. excellent designated hitter. Yes. Um uh, yeah. The, and, you know, the pitching rotation is just phenomenal. You got every Verlander year. and Cole, two top ten, if not top five pitchers in major leagues. Yep. And then you got one of the deepest farm systems in the league too. Uh they got Kyle Tucker and uh, Forrest Whitley, who's the two, they're, they're two top prospects, one pitcher, one hitter. Um, they're just loaded. Yeah, I mean they have the entire making of a championship team. They have cap space, so I I, I see them with the Yankees getting better as the, some point as the year goes on. They're going to be contending. They're going to want to get better players. Yeah, you know they're going to make a move at the deadline. Yeah, so give me the over by a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I I agree. Like it's, we'll talk overall at the end. But like I, I once I did this, I kind of saw a trend. What is what I noticed? So we'll talk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, L. A. Angels, interesting team. They always have the best player in the league, Mike Trout, at eighty-two and a half. Oh, that's tough. Um, they're usually right around like the five hundred mark. Exactly. They never tank and they never excel. So. But they also have the best player that I have ever seen play. Um, ooh, this is tough. Give me the under because I'm not sure how healthy Otani is. And, I mean, his health, he's a stud. So if he's healthy, I mean, they're they're going to win over. But if he's under, then I don't know. I mean, if he's not healthy, then they're going to go under. So... Yeah, they. Uh, I I have. Uh, this is finally one that we uh, disagree on. I okay. have the over, but like it's. I'm not happy about it's it. Close. Like I think like 83, 84 wins. Yes. Them trying to compete for the second wild card spot. It's very close. Uh, but I do have them like a step below the Rays, and then also Minnesota. 
So yeah, I, yeah, that makes sense. But right there, right there, uh, can they make? A, uh, yeah, can they make? I mean, you have Mike Trout, who might give you a ten WAR. So like besides that, like you, you shouldn't have to do that much more to almost make the playoffs. Like, exactly. After that, it's exactly. like giving you like three good players worth of WAR and one guy. <laughs> yeah. Come on, <laughs> Zach Kozar and Alterant Simmons. Yeah, they have to do something. I mean. They've just been in this lull for years, I feel like. They've had the best player ever, and yeah. they can't like make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you don't even get to see the best player ever in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, Come on. I think their, their track record is making me biased here, and that's why I'm going under. No, I get that. Uh, I'm hoping Mike Trout becomes a free agent. My dream, Mike Trout becomes a free agent after next year, 2020. The Tigers are turning into shape right there. <laughs> we got Jordan Zimmerman money off the books. Oh the only guy God. left is Miguel Cabrera. We'll still be paying him like $30 million. But besides that, we'll probably have a payroll of like $50 million, which back, will leave us with $150 million a year to sign Mike Trout. Back up the Brinks truck. Is that enough? Send that to Trout's house. $150 million a year, Mike. That's I'd, what pay I'm, <laughs> I'd pay it. I love that guy, dude. He's the best baseball player I've ever seen play. That's what I'm hoping. But I'm hoping that at that point, the Tigers are a destination that maybe he would be interested in coming because it's going to take a, a couple of years before our prospects uh, really start being major league contributors at a high level. Especially if the Angels don't win a World Series anytime soon. You know, Trout's going to be wanting to get that World yeah. Series to yes. cement his Hall of Fame legacy. And Harper's already trying to get him to come to Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, that. if that happens, look out. I mean, holy crap. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oakland, we are at 83 and a half. Uh, give me the over there. I like Oakland this year. All right. I'm a huge Chris Davis fan, and... Uh, I like Matt Chapman. You know, I, that lineup is going to pr- produce runs, and they're going to outscore a lot of teams. The starting pitching is a little questionable, I would say. They're usually pretty deep, though, with their farm system. So it's not like you, they just have their five starters. That's who you're going to get all year. If I yeah. remember correctly, their five guys that they started off with last year, like none of them ended up being their starters at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's my only cautious point would be the pitching. You but, don't know what you're going to get out of that. But, yeah, exactly. So I'm taking the over there. I took – this is finally another one. I took the under. And I kind of have them, again, for that second playoff spot, it's going to be between Tampa Bay, Minnesota, and then the Angels in Oakland. Yeah, I think that that's sounds it. right. Uh, I think Oakland's going to get 83 wins, and they're at 83 and a half. Like, it's super close. <laughs> It's going to be very close, but yeah, I mean, uh, I could go, I could see that going go either, either way, way but yeah. All I mean, right. I'll take the over there. Okay. So we have three so far that we differ on, Tampa Bay, the Angels, and Oakland, and I think those are three of the hardest teams to really pinpoint. Like, if I was betting, I wouldn't be betting on those three teams, probably. <laughs> no, I'm staying as far away from them as I can. Yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm getting. That's my personal gathering. Seattle, 71 and a half. Under they are rebuilding in Seattle. No Nelson Cruz, no Robinson Cano, no Edwin Diaz. They, I agree. They blew it up, and I can't blame them. They have some good players now, like because they got players back from those pieces. So they got you know J.P. Crawford, a shortstop, Edwin Canarcion right now, Jay Bruce. Yeah, I really like Mitch Haniger too. Mitch Haniger. Um, so they have like not they're not as bad as like the Tigers are right now. I don't think. No. But I do think they plan on moving more pieces soon. Sure. So I mean, Marco Gonzalez is their ace, and that's yeah. not going to Yeah, they traded away it, so. James Paxton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I feel like, yeah, I, I got under. 
Uh, the Texas Rangers at 71 at last place. Uh, give me the under there as well. I don't, I don't like Texas. Never have. <laughs> they, <laughs> I, they were good a few years ago. They were, they had some good teams. Uh, yeah. No, no Adrian Beltre anymore. Um, who's going to lead that clubhouse this year? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they got a lot of like hit or miss guys, but yeah, no, like just studs. Elvis. Joey Gallo, the power is there, but. That dude couldn't hit the broad yeah. side of a barn sometimes. He's, he's hot and cold. It's not like, yeah, he's not consistent enough. Uh, Elvis Andrews is getting older. Runetto Dorr is a streaky player with a lot of talent and young. Could be good, but still unsure. Because he's, I mean, he could be the greatest player sometimes, or he could be like the worst player batting under 200. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of question marks. Young team uh, rebuilding. So I agree with you. 71 wins. I got the under. So that's the AL. We just differed on those three teams. Okay. Um, going over to because we got we got to keep going. Uh, Phil, we're gonna go with the NL East, which is a nut, like probably. It's a heavy division. Yeah, there's one of the top three divisions. You got Easily. the AL East, you got the NL East, and you got the NL Central are the three top. They're just a doozy. Uh, projections got Philadelphia leading with 89 and a half. Ooh, give me the over there. Um, I really like Philly this year. Not just from the Bryce Harper signing, though. I think Aaron Nola has a yet another career year. He's my Cy Young Award winner this year. I think he just absolutely dominates, and the wins will be there because that offense is going to be sick. It's Gene Segura, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, you know, JT Real Muto. I mean, they are loaded in that lineup. So give, I me, have, give me the over. I have under, but yeah, I, I don't, that might be one of them I'm regretting. Uh, Philadelphia was hard. Uh, like they got Bryce Harper, they got Andrew McCutcheon. I thought it was an under, you know, yeah, under the radar sure. signing. That's a great veteran. Just comes and plays every day. J. Uh, Till Rumuto, Hoskins gets to move to first base. Their defense just got a lot better. Segura playing shortstop, another veteran player. The pitching rotation is questionable after Nola. Like I mean. Pavetta has been solid. Arietta, Flynn. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, they can they can improve still. Yeah, so I I don't know how much money they have left, but maybe they go out and get a guy at the deadline. They do to have money. Improve left. that pitching rotation. They do so. have money left. They could get a Kimbrel even maybe or a, that yeah or a Keuchel, um or yeah go spend a little bit of money on like one of the lesser pitchers or something like that. I agree. They picked up David Robertson, a great relief pitcher. They needed that because yep. their bullpen kind of fell apart towards the second end of last. Year. They just had. They were doing great. They were leading like by like halfway through the season. They were like first in division, and then they just had an, an awful second half. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, but I don't think that'll happen again. Um, at eighty nine and a half, that's a lot of wins. I feel like the division's tight, so I got under. Either or, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't see them winning hundred games, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won ninety five games. Sure, but yeah. they could win eighty five games in that division. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, next, they got the Nationals, losing Bryce Harper at still eighty eight and a half. Ooh, that pitching staff is loaded, man. Um, I'm going to go under. I, I don't think that offense is going to be enough to get them over that hump that night or to that 91 plateau. Um, yeah, losing Bryce Harper, obviously, is a huge blow. But they do have Juan Soto and Victor Robles. And, yeah. I mean, those guys could easily. Trey Turner. Yeah, one of them guys could step in and, you know, produce like Bryce did and. Yeah, I'll take the under there. Took the, I took the under, too. Not saying they're not a good team. Just a little young still. Heavy on pitching. 
88 and a half, still a lot of wins. They, they, I don't know if they've reached it the last couple of years. Yeah, they, and they seem this. There's always some sort of injury that prevents Washington from, you know, performing yeah. at an elite level. Uh, they're at their like wits with their money. Like they don't, they don't have like a lot of money between. You know, they'll have to go into luxury tax, and they might not be willing to. And they don't have the farm system that a couple of the other teams do. I feel like. Yeah. To support getting better throughout the season, so we'll see. Uh, 80 and a half. We both got under. New York Mets, 85 and a half. That seems awfully high to me. I mean, Mets did make some moves to get to get better in the offseason. They, they got the best closer in the league. They got, you know, Robinson Cano, who's aged, but I think he can still produce at, yep. at some level. Um, to me, it comes down to this pitching rotation. If they can stay healthy, yeah, I guess give me the over there. Uh-oh. If... Uh, I need Syndergaard to be the ace of that staff with Jake DeGrom, you know. Yeah, that's a number – that's the deadly – I mean, you can't get better than that, like number one to two. If Syndergaard – if they both stay healthy all year, yeah. If Syndergaard – yeah, Syndergaard's healthy all year, they're over. If he goes down, they're under for me. So I'm going to take the over, assuming good health. Dakota's got him over at 87. I got him under. Uh it never seems to go right for the Mets. Something <laughs> always goes wrong. It never I does. I can't answer exactly what that might be this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a good answer. Like I like <laughs> their pitching. I like the moves that they made. I think they got better this year, but that's one heck of a division. And, I mean, are they better than Philly, Washington, or Atlanta? Who's could, our next team? Yeah. 86 and a half. So they actually have one, they're projecting one more win over than the Mets. Jesus. Um, yeah, I'll take the over with Atlanta. I think Atlanta is going to be one of the best teams in baseball this year. Young, good, good young core players on that team, especially yeah. that offense. And I mean, the pitching could use a little bit of work, but they have a lot of good, their their farm system's good. They have a lot of top one hundred prospects that are uh, pitchers in their farm system. Yeah, uh, Ronald Acuna, a great stud already. Um, at the young age of what, twenty one? Yeah, that's the beginning of that lineup should be really good with Acuna. You got Freddie Freeman, pickup of Josh Donaldson, Ozzy Albies, um, and then their pitching should be good. Uh, but there's some injuries right now to like Fulte and then also Gosman a little bit. That are, but they should be deep enough to hopefully that when those get they can have those guys sit for a little bit and then yeah, come back later. For sure. I like the Braves. I'll and they have a good farm. So they could get better over the year. And yeah. that, I think that's important to me. Is like what teams have the resources to get better if they are contending? Yep, give me the over there. I don't think by a lot, though. I think like 88 wins is where they're at. Agreed. Yep. Like, so I'm not totally confident, but it was a, it was a Miami. Let's do Miami. <laughs> 63 and a half. Wow. Uh, under, for sure. That I couldn't tell you. A single bright spot of that team. <laughs> I have over. What? Okay. Over. So I went the first three teams under, under, under. And now I'm going Atlanta and Miami going over. Uh, 63 and a half. I mean, National League's not as good as American League. I feel like they can win 64 games. I'm saying under. I, uh, I, th- I think they may finish with the worst record in baseball. I think... Well, we'll see. We're going to keep going. We're going to go to the NL Central. This division, I like. I love this division. Me too. Uh, they're not an ex- – I have an, an order of the Pocota rating. So if you see that, like, when I'm going over their Vegas odds or win total, they're out of order. It's because the 
order Trump Pakoda actually. So okay, uh, but Vegas has Milwaukee at eighty six and a half, while Pakoda has them at eighty eight wins. Uh, give me the over. I think Milwaukee's. I love Milwaukee's offense. That lineup, top to bottom, is full of stud players. Uh, the pitching is a little questionable, but I think the lineup is enough to get them where they need to be. Yeah. Best lineup probably maybe in major leagues right up there, at least yeah. in the National League. If not uh, number one, number two. Just how deep they are. Um, they picked up Yasmani Grandal, which was like their biggest weakness. It was that catcher. Uh, they were getting no production hitting-wise out of catcher, and they went and got one of the best available yep. free agent catchers for one year. I thought it was a great deal for them. They got him on a one-year deal, so it was on a long-term contract. They're paying him like $17, $18 million. But one-year deals are so much better than two, three-year deals for, for the sure. team. Um, Travis Shaw, severely underrated at third base. Picked up Mike Moustakis back yep. up. Uh, just so deep. Yep. They're outfield. Rain, reigning in MVP, Christian Yelich. Yep. I mean, this team is just stacked from top to bottom. I'm taking the over. Aguilar, just studs. Like, they could even play Domingo Santana last year. Like, a guy who had the <laughs> yeah. year before had a ridiculous year. Like, oh, sorry, we got too many players. You can't play anymore. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, he did nothing to deserve not to play. Yeah. I don't know what else he could have done. <laughs> so, excited for him. He's out in Seattle, uh, you know, getting the opportunity to shine again. I'm curious to see how he does. Yep. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Everybody's lovely favorite. St. Louis. Everybody loves St. Louis Cardinals baseball. Uh, yeah. 88 and a half. Ooh. That is a good number for them. Uh, do they win 90 games this year? I don't think so. I'm going to go under. I mean, that starting pitching is very young, and they've yet to prove themselves. So, I mean, I do like Jack Flaherty, Miles um, Mikolas. Carlos Martinez f- completely fell off out of nowhere. I don't know what his deal is, but he was looking like he was going to be the ace of that staff. Yeah. And now he's... <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened to him. Uh, they got Alex Reyes, who could be really good. He's still young. Yeah. Um, good bullpen. They went and got Andrew Miller and Jordan Hicks at the back of that. So, really good. I mean, just all around team, underrated kind of. But I'm gonna go under, uh, just because I think it's a it's a tougher division. I think I can't get them. I have Milwaukee winning that division. Me too. I love Milwaukee. So I think I, I really like the over bet. If Milwaukee's at 86 and a half and St. Louis is at 88 and a half. I'm taking. I'm taking the over on Milwaukee. Then next we got a uh, Cincinnati, 79. Oh, okay. Uh, I think they're going to be better this year. Give me the over. I like. I like the adi- the addition of Puig. To be honest, I think Puig needed a new change of scenery for sure. And he's in a hitter friendly park now, so I think Puig could help get that team over the hump. Because um, they've been bad the last few years. Yep. Uh, I think losing Billy Hamilton is actually a good thing because now you can have, you know, one of your young studs like maybe Nick Senzel. He comes up and takes Hamilton's spot, and he's a much better hitter in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. So give me the over on Cincinnati. Yeah, I took the over too. Uh, I don't think it's. I think they're gonna get like eighty-one wins. I think they're gonna finish five hundred. Yeah. Um, they made some improvements. Nick Senzel's coming. It should be a good prospect. Help them out. Um, added some pitchers, Alex Wood, Tanner Rourke, not like top, top end guys, but they're better than they were previously. And they're off. That's a loaded lineup. When you got, if Otto can do anything, Eugenio Suarez, yep. uh, Scooter Jeanette, uh, Nick Senzel, like we could, I mean, yeah, I think Scott Kingery is, 
Is he Cincinnati Red? I or is no, he's he Philly. He's, he's Philly. Philly. Yeah, he's that's Philly. Right. Sorry. No, you're right. No. Nick Zell, yeah, I, I sometimes get confused. Nixon Zell and Kingery and yeah. then between the Reds and the, the Phillies, so <laughs> yeah. it happens. Uh, I got you. Um, but, yeah, just uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how Matt Kemp does. Jesse Winker out there uh, should be, you know, it's, it's a deeper team. So Yeah, for sure. Than they, they have been the last few years. Pittsburgh, 77 and a half. Uh, give me the under. I think there's too many question marks on that lineup. Um, I don't like Chris Archer at all. I mean, I need to see more from Jamison Tyon. I mean, he yeah. he had a great year last year, but that's only one year, so I need to see more from him. I just there's something about that team I just don't like. It. Give me the under. Yeah, uh, Clint Hurdle did his magic a few years back. Was doing good with them. Had them going to playoffs and stuff. But they've kind of since lost their magic. Uh, they haven't been able to like redo like pitchers. Like they would get like Lariano or somebody and like fix them and like. Uh, they haven't been able to do that lately, um, so I don't see the magic there anymore. Just a lot of question marks. I don't even know like all their even starters are offensively. Yeah, I just don't see them. I have them last in the division, and uh, I'm gonna go under. That's I mean, seventy-five to seventy wins. Yeah, but this subpar team. Yeah. Last, Chicago Cubs. I'm sorry. So Pakota has them at seventy-nine wins, finishing last. Vegas has them at 88 and a half. Oh my God, that's a. Tied with St. Louis. Wow. Uh, give me. Am I, am I doing the 88 win? Yes, it, 88 over? and a half. Okay. Uh, I'll do. Give me the over. I don't like betting against the Cubs, so give me the wow. over. I'm going to go under just because I. That's a lot of wins. It's a tough division. I have Milwaukee winning that division. Yeah. Uh, we're going to speed through this last round. Uh, Dodgers, 93 and a half. Uh, over. They're going to make a deal at the deadline again like they did. And I got them over. They're just a yeah. loaded team. They get better. Yep. Colorado, 84 and a half. Uh, give me the under. They always, I don't know, they always screw that up somehow, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got over just because I think they're a deep team and good pitching. I think they're underrated. Okay. Arizona, seventy five and a half. Under. I think they're rebuilding. I got over actually. I was looking I think we'll talk about that later. <laughs> San Diego, seventy eight and a half. Uh under. I, I, too many young guys. I don't think they have enough experience. Same thing here. I I like Machado, but I don't think they're there yet. San Fran, seventy three and a half. Uh, give me the under. I don't like San Francisco at all. This I year. got the under too. I'm going to look at all these. We're going to come up with the bet. Uh, but what I noticed is that I like the teams that are going to win, and I think they're going to win a lot. And I think the bottom teams are going to lose a lot. Basically, is what it came down to. That's. I think the gaps are getting bigger in these sports of like win totals. The top teams are just so dominant, and the bottom teams are so bad because it's a race to the bottom to get that top pick. Is what I noticed. Yep. Uh, check out uh, these bets. Uh, we're going to do something. I'll post something. We're going to have to come up with uh, what loser has to do. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got to get out of here, though. All right. I appreciate Thanks it all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one, guys. Bye. I'm so sorry. We're done. Yeah, we're good. I just saw your tax. I didn't even know. No, you're good.